You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back in to Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. We play for a championship shortly. What else is new? <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, Jimmy, I am, um, I'm a bit upset with both of us. Yesterday, we oh. didn't take the requisite amount of time laughing wholeheartedly at Auburn's signing class. <laughs> <laughs> we did get a chuckle there. Uh, we should have spent more time on that. Um, I got to say, as, as a man who survived uh, the various mics that we went through and the Bill Curry days and all those types of things, that um, watching Auburn's turmoil is quite delicious. They're interviewing Tom Allen, I, I see, perusing the message boards. That, that appears quite apparent. They're even, um, not even really hiding it, Correct. It seems that way. And, you know, I can't imagine somebody more Auburn than Tom Allen. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but um, he's, you know, the kind of guy who'd get teary-eyed any minute talking about, you know, some former Indiana player nobody's ever heard of. So I feel like if he comes down here and sees Bo Jackson and, and Pat Sullivan, he'll just burst out into tears every 15 seconds. So, yeah, I think he's he's going to be perfect if they were to hire him. I mean, perfect is Kevin Steele. Perfect is Kevin Steele. But uh, if they are interviewing Tom Allen, um, this could get interesting. I have no idea how he can recruit. I do think he's a pretty good coach. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, and I have no idea how he's going to translate recruiting into the, the South. I have no idea. But this uh, way, this is what I, the top of my head, maybe I'm wrong about this. I, and maybe Tom Allen is, is the next of Vince Lombardi, for all I know, because it is hard to win at Indiana and he is winning at Indiana. Although this is the first year he's winning at Indiana. He didn't really win the last couple of years at Indiana, but, but he's, he's, he's winning this year at Indiana. And let's remind ourselves that this year, for instance, Penn State is losing. So it's and kind Michigan of a weird year. Michigan is losing. It's kind of a weird year everywhere. And in the Big Ten is is no exception. But uh, maybe I'm just dead wrong about this and just biased about the South. But when I think of this Tom Allen, a good hire, you know, you know who I think would like to trade coaches is Indiana. I wonder if Indiana's like, oh man, we lost Tom Allen, but you know who's available? Gus Malzahn. <laughs> Wouldn't that that would be? I mean, that might be the most Auburn moment in all of Auburndom. I mean, what, that what would if be Indiana's incredible. dancing on the rooftops, going, "We just totally upgraded here. We got Gus Malzahn." I mean, um, that'd be hilarious. I, I don't rule that out. I mean, I'm 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 just saying, I'm not sure who's better. I don't know. But what's uh, funny, Jimmy? I could be wrong about that. Here's what's funny to me. Um, several things. 
about this coaching search. The fact that they didn't really have somebody lined up and that people can blame it on Mario Cristobal gets, you know, backdooring his way into the Pac-12 championship all they want to. That obviously was not sewn up. I mean, because why would Mario Cristobal give a shit about playing in this Pac-12 championship if it's not for a national champ? If he's not got an opportunity to play for a national championship, it doesn't, who gives a shit? I mean, it doesn't matter. So no, that doesn't make any sense. Um, but the other candidates that I see Auburn fans clamoring for, uh, Lane Kiffin, for example, y'all know Lane Kiffin just lost. But I mean, everybody talks about Lane Kiffin. He's he's awesome, and I like Kiffin. Don't get me wrong. I, I think he. But at the same time, there's no doubt in my mind he's going to get whatever school he's at in trouble, either off the the football field or on it. And um, he also Didn't lost he just beat Auburn. Auburn. Didn't he just lost? He lost to Gus. And he, he lost to Gus, and he lost to Alabama by 15, playing the best game they played all year. And Alabama arguably played one of their worst defensively. So, I, I mean, he, he's not. The he's got a better field. quarterback than he's got a better quarterback than Gus, and he's by a long shot. By a long shot. Um, and he will leave Auburn if if he leaves. He left Tennessee after one year. Now he'd be leaving Ole Miss after one year. That's the guy you wanna. That's the guy you wanna hitch your wagon to. Well, and then look at the other guys they're talking about. Um, I mean, Hugh Freeze really isn't being talked about anymore, which makes me think he can't nice. come to this league right now, which makes sense. Um, no, I think I think Hugh Freeze is going to be the head coach of Tennessee. You do? That's what I think. I this do. year? Next I year? Very possibly this year. If not, then next year, assuming Jeremy doesn't win 10 or 11 games next year. Okay, well, let's, let's – you know, they, they're making fun of Jeremy Pruitt, who's about to get fired. Guess who he beat last year in the bowl game? Tom Allen. <laughs> I mean, the, you, you're, clamor, you're dying for Mario Cristobal. Guess who he lost it's so re- Gus Malzahn with a true Gus. freshman quarterback making his first start. <laughs> I mean, it's comical. It, it, it really is totally hilarious. And, and, and hey, I'm, hey, I'm going to be this way. You people will be turning off the podcast in droves during Alabama's next coaching search. Because this is how I feel about all of them. Fans, love, they can't wait to fire the coach. And then the coaching search happens, and every fan's like, what the hell is this? What is this? What are we doing? This is insane. That's Jimmy, like every I, single coaching search everywhere. I say it all the time, Jimmy. Jerry Seinfeld said it best. Men don't care what's on TV. We only care what else is on TV. That's why we're always looking at the guide. People don't care who their coach is. They want to know who their next coach is going to be. That, I mean, that's the way it is. And yeah. it's just, but and you know, I say, and I say coaching searches are like wars. They sound like a great idea. And then you're in one. Yeah, that's right. And then it's like, what the hell do we do this? For? I, I'm, and again, I, that's not to argue they should have kept Gus. What I'm arguing about is the zeal fans across the world have for firing the coach. And it's, it's, these coaching searches are are nightmares, and 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 I guess every fan everywhere thinks that 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 coaching searches end with the hiring of Nick Saban or Urban Meyer, and that's just not how the world works. And 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 again, here's one more thing about Mario. This is being a little arrogant Alabama fan, the arrogant Alabama fan that I am. But here's one other theory about why Mario wasn't serious about Auburn or might have been reconsidering. I happen to know through various, various birdies that whisper to me, I happen to know that, that Mario has a lot of support in Tuscaloosa. 
you know, as assuming that Dabo is a no and Alabama's got to go to the next list, Mario would be very high on that list, and he's probably aware of this. If Mario accepted the Auburn job, Tuscaloosa is out. So I think that's, I think that could have been a factor, maybe. Maybe. Um, Jimmy, let me tell everybody about Coors Light. Coors Light is where you want to go to get your refreshment on because it is absolutely brewed to chill. It's made to chill. You want to chill. This weekend, before you get all nervous watching the various championship games, have a Coors Light and relax. Have one during the game. Have a few of them during the game. Do. Be right there with me as Jimmy blows into the speaker for some reason. Uh, <laughs> it's the it's wind. That is actual cold Mobile, Alabama wind. Oh, I thought you were like intimating the cool breezes of Golden, Colorado, where this refreshing elixir is brewed. Um, but uh, anyway, Coors Light is the beer of choice for those who want to relax and have a good time and taste something delicious. That's what they are. Is, it's the silver bullet. It keeps werewolves away. How many times do I have to tell you that? It may also kill vampires. That's been sort of an urban myth. I'm not sure about that. I've never had to try it. But I have tried Coors Light just as a drink. It's delicious. You need it. You want it. Celebrate responsibly with Coors Light this weekend. All right, Jimmy, let's talk a little bit about the uh, rankings um, very quickly. Uh, I want to focus on the SEC, obviously. Um, you know, we kind of laughed at LSU. About recruiting rankings? Recruiting rankings, yeah. We laughed, we, laughed at, we laughed at LSU a little yesterday because we did steal a couple of their dudes, and that's great. But they also flipped a pretty good wide receiver from Mississippi State. And, I mean, he's a consolation prize to JoJo Earl, but uh, he's and they also flipped our money good one from Auburn, and I think he's pretty good. I don't, you know, I don't think he's uh, Emmanuel Henderson, but I think he's a very good running back in this class. And uh, so LSU's got him now, and Auburn doesn't. I mean, you, I'd rather he be at LSU than Auburn, to be honest with you. But um, and so LSU moved up the rankings. Uh, Alabama is obviously at number one. We talked about that class pretty extensively yesterday. So no reason to go over that anymore right now. We will have our superlatives for the signing class. Uh, Jimmy, I say we do that next week, you know, after we talk about Florida the, and then the playoffs a little bit. But uh, Georgia comes in at number two. They get Xavier and Torrey. Um, and, you know, that was a good pickup for them. There's no doubt Georgia has a great class again. It's hard to say anything else. LSU has a great class again. Florida has a very good class again. I don't – it's – it goes Alabama – Pretty big gap, Georgia LSU, pretty big gap, Florida, and A and M kind of right there together, and then another gap in Tennessee. Um, and I think A and M's could even get better and maybe surpass Florida before all is said and done. Where did Auburn finish as opposed to like let's say Vanderbilt? <clears throat> okay, well, I mean, I was going to save that uh, uh, <laughs> nugget for a little later on, but. Uh, that was just that was just my little jab. I'm I'm kidding around. Well, I'm going to tell uh, it to you. I'm going to tell it to you. Hang on. Uh, so the, the SEC rankings in 24/7, Bama, and this is in order, obviously. Bama, Georgia, LSU, Florida, A&M, Tennessee, Ole Miss, Arkansas, Missouri, Mississippi State, Kentucky, Auburn at 12, Vandy, <laughs> and South Carolina. South Carolina may have the worst class right now that I've seen an SEC team have. It is abysmal at this moment. They've got nine commits, 
All are three stars. Um, and I don't know what the prospects are for anybody any better. Nah, I think they'll, they'll, they'll move up. I mean, with Shane Beamer and his – Shane Beamer, I suspect, will be a decent recruiter. I, I doubt it's going to set the world on fire, but uh, I think Shane Beamer will be a decent recruiter. And there's the late period and a handful of kids. I mean, for instance, Alabama's not going to have room for all the kids seriously considering Alabama uh, that will be available in the late period. Uh, not that uh, all of a sudden Brian Thomas and Tara and Arnold are going to sign with South Carolina. I'm just saying that, that's, that South Carolina will be able to find some dudes late and, uh, and Auburn as well. But, uh, wow, tough to catch the rest of the league when you're down there around 14. You know, the SEC as a, as a whole is the best recruiting conference. Uh, I say that as an opinion, but really it's a fact. And uh, I use the NFL draft as the perfect the perfect evidence that what I said is 100% true. Uh, the SEC has the best players. And uh, I think that continued yesterday, and it's incredible that in a league with the best players, Alabama can still sort of dominate uh, the league in recruiting. And uh, what Nick Saban does is, is unbelievable. It used to be a recruiting thing that it was difficult to recruit great every year because players don't want to come and sit in line and not play as freshmen and, and have to wait their turn. Uh, somehow Nick Saban has overcome those decades arguments about why he shouldn't go, you know, to last year's number one group. Uh, he just, you know, and, and I really think, I mean, I could talk about it the whole hour, uh, the whole half hour. I, I really think what, what he does is, is never going to happen again. He's the best there's ever been. And, and really the way he's figured out how to do this is it's the type of kid you know, he's really into the psycho babble stuff. You know, he's really into it. I mean, with Kevin Elko and, and all the motivational stuff, uh, he's really into that. And I think he applies it to recruiting. What I mean is it's the type of kids that Alabama recruits. They recruit kids who are real serious about football. And the kids so serious about football, they want to put in the work. They'll be patient because they're process-oriented. And – that's why it's, it's the type of the, the type of kids, the kids that want immediate self-gratification without the work. It's never going to work out at Alabama. And, and they either come in and leave early, flame out early, or we don't recruit them at all. And it's sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy and how we end up. You pointed out yesterday, Luke, about Deontay Lawson being your favorite guy in the class. He's a perfect example of what I'm talking about. If Lawson doesn't play as a freshman or doesn't start as a freshman, he's not going to leave. He's going to keep putting in the work. And by the time he's a junior, he's going to be a complete freaking badass. Yeah, I think that's, those are all very good points. There's no doubt about it. Um, and dang it, I had, uh, I had a thought, and it's gone now, and I'm pissed about it. Um, Yikes. Yeah, I know. I had it. It's just, I mean, it, was, it was a brilliant idea or, or thought on this whole thing. Um, regardless, uh, Man, I'm, I'm looking. Our at, listeners are screwed. I know they they just they missed that nugget that just passed right through my brain. They're like, but finally, um, finally, the reason we listen to the show, and now, and I boof it. But um, you know, Auburn does only have 13 commits. I understand that. But here's the other thing. Um, the, I looked at Auburn's class, and they still have Eric Wilson, the transfer from Harvard, considered among those that are coming in and he's already said, look, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to still go to Auburn. I, I don't know. Um, and, and it's not just that Auburn 
didn't have a great class rankings wise is is that they they just don't have any offensive linemen. And you can talk about transfers all you want to, and that's fantastic. But more often than not, transfers like offensive line specifically, they're not Landon Dickerson. And Landon Dickerson was an odd case. I mean, he was he was highly highly rated coming out of uh, high school. Goes to Florida State. He's got a bum ankle, a bum knee. And, you know, Florida State's in turmoil, and so he decides to leave. He was star- a starter there. He didn't leave because he wasn't playing. He left because he was – I mean, Florida State was in turmoil, and he's coming to Alabama, and he's one of the strongest players on the team. He's got a Bradley Vo- Bozeman vibe about him, and um, he's – you know, he's just a different breed. These A lot of these offensive linemen, you want to transfer somebody in. Look, Auburn learned the hard way this year. You bring in a bunch of transfers from Akron on your offensive line, guess what you're going to get? Akron result. <laughs> That's what happened. <laughs> no, that's exactly. I mean, Gus. I mean, I'm no, I'm no Auburn expert, though. I do have some Auburn friends calling me. What's going on in the search? What's going on in the search? And five minutes later, I stop laughing and tell them what I know. <laughs> but uh, I, I, you know, it, it's, it's. I, I lost my thought. Same thing that happened to you. It's contagious. Is there, is there something wrong with the phone? <laughs> No, no, and no. Was I, really I know what I, was gonna say. I don't know if you're. No, no, I know what I was going to say. I was laughing. I was too busy laughing at Auburn, and I was laughing about this. But if somebody says, "Why didn't it work out with Gus?" and, and I gave a long answer, it would start with this: an apparent unwillingness to do what's necessary to put together an offensive line. I mean, their offensive line recruiting was abysmally bad. I mean, like what? How do you explain it? Alabama's second team offensive line? The five guys that make up that second team, worlds better than Auburn starters, worlds better, and it, it just just unbelievable to me that they had playing time to offer or the SEC to offer an exciting offense to some extent. I mean, Gus had put offensive linemen in the NFL. I mean, I forget, you know, I can't I can't roll them out, roll them all up, but he did. But but he Jimmy. Did. Let me tell you this about that. Okay. You're you're mentioning you're thinking about Braden Smith, right? Who came from Kansas, I think. Um, and he goes to Auburn. He's a humongous human being. He's a pretty good offensive lineman. Uh he, he's fine. I mean, he wasn't the you know, I don't I think he may have been he a third. one in twenty thirteen. That team, oh, the uh, Nick Marshall team. Yeah, you're talking about uh Greg, what's his name? Yeah, Greg Robinson. He's in yeah. prison. I oh, think. how did I forget that? <laughs> yeah, he's in prison, I think. No, but he but he was a good player before well, before but, but he was Jimmy, sentenced to life. He could play. But Jimmy, let me tell you this about this: Greg Robinson and Braden Smith. I think Braden Smith went in the second round. Greg Robinson may have been the second pick in the draft or third, but both of them went into the league, and both of them had to be retrained how to block. Greg yeah. Robinson was not a good NFL player, just bottom line. Huh? And no, Braden right. Smith has been okay, but this is from an Auburn show. I learned this. I've never looked it up to verify it, but I learned this from an Auburn show weeks ago talking about Gus Malzahn before Malzahn was fired. So they didn't have a reason to throw him completely under the bus, no pun intended, but they they had a reason to just say, look, this is something about the offensive line. The Indianapolis Colts said we had to teach Braden Smith how to be an offensive lineman again. We had to start from scratch. Now, the good news is he has a lot of clay to work with, but we had to start from scratch to reteach him how to be an offensive lineman because he'd been in a system that doesn't right. uh, doesn't uh, translate well to the next level. So 
that's one of the reasons that people are saying, hey, look, NFL folks are saying you won't learn how to be an NFL player there. So why do you want to go there? So if you're Jaden Roberts, you're like, I guess I could go to Auburn and I guess I could start immediately. But if I start all four years and don't make it to the league when I have the body and the pedigree to make it to the league, what have I done for myself? I mean, college is to get you ready for the next uh, portion yeah. of your life professionally. And most of these guys have professional dreams. Most of them won't make it. But if you go to Alabama, you got a hell of a lot better shot than if you go to Auburn. Yeah, particularly at that position. I, I guess we all should have known that Gus wasn't preparing his guys for the next level when Cam Newton was on the Gruden show and Gruden sent him up to the to the grease yeah. board. And he said, uh, you know, show me show me what you do when the other team is playing quarters coverage and it's third and eight and uh, and you're in a two by two set. And Cam's like, you're going to have to explain that to me in English. And then Cam says, I clap my hands and I yell out at the wide receivers, yo, get open. Yeah. And I go, if you're not open, I'm running it. And I'm probably running it anyway. <laughs> he goes, yeah, we, 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 in our offense, we call that ball. What's yeah. funny is a uh, ball, ball, ball. I remember too. I remember that like yesterday because Cam Newton did everything except turn to John Gruden and go, okay, I see what you're saying. Now tell me what this wide receiver position is again. What are you talking about? <laughs> is there a position besides quarterback? Because, oh, my God, I've never known. <laughs> I don't know. I read an interview with Brett Favre who claims he was in the NFL before he even knew what a nickel defense was. He claimed, that, was that was just hard to believe. This is Brett Favre claiming this. He claimed he didn't know what nickel meant until he was in the NFL with, with the Falcons and the Packers, and he asked one of the other quarterbacks. They say nickel all the time. What does that mean? Oh, that'd be that's that's funny. Yeah, that's, I, I mean, I, I swear I, Brett Favre says this. Anyone can Google that because I'm sure people listen and going, boy, Jimmy's lost his freaking mind again. No, no, Google that. He, he, he claims that that's true. I find that hard to believe because I think most high school quarterbacks know what that means. <laughs> but, yeah, but this was the yeah, 80s but, when he was in high school. That's not crazy. The other quarter, um, yeah, one of the other quarterbacks told him, you don't know what that means? Like, no, it means when the other team puts in five defensive backs. He's like, you mean when they take a linebacker out and put in a defensive back in this place? He's like, yeah, that's all it means. And he's like, wow, that's it? You know what that reminds me of? I guess in his, head, he had, in his head he had built it up into something real complex. You know? in my, but, uh, it, it, it reminds me of uh, my uncle was playing blackjack one time. I may have told this story on here, down in Biloxi, and he had a bunch of money. I mean, like a bunch of money out there, and he'd been losing his ass, right, playing blackjack. But uh, he's just a big gambler. He digs it. And uh, he's playing, and um, he's been losing his ass, doing all the right things, you know, hitting – soft 17s and, and doubling uh, soft 18s, looking at a six and everything, doing all the right moves. Well, he got a hard 12, and the dealer had a six up. And my uncle goes, double. And he pushed, you know, uh, another huge amount of money out there. And the dealer goes, doubling on a hard 12, doubling on a hard 12. And my uncle said, now, why do you have to announce that like that to everybody? And my uncle's friend said, well, it's a lot nicer than saying dumbass on table six, dumbass. On table six. <laughs> Long story short, uh, my uncle hit a nine, won the double and went on to kick at kick Biloxi's ass the rest of the trip. But it's, it reminds me of like, uh, 
that's kind of like a, a quarterback not knowing what a nickel is. I mean, I can't believe the other quarterback didn't say, hey, coach, you drafted a dumbass. I've only got one blackjack story, and it's very depressing to me. It's well, hang on. Real... Hang on. Save it because I got to tell everybody about Built Go first, and I want to hear you black. Built Go is the way to go. And this is no kidding, Jimmy. I'm If I'm lying, I'm dying. Last night, um, I, I was tired. But I, I've been trying to work out moderately. I've got sciatica; it hurts, um, and I'm but I'm trying to keep active so I don't completely flab out right over here in the holidays. So I wanted to go work out, but I was exhausted. I'd been in Vegas, you know, this past weekend, been driving back and forth from Ellicott City to Birmingham. Work's been nuts. Everything's crazy, right? Signing day, and so I was like, okay, I got one built go packet left before my new shipment comes in. I, I'm gonna go ahead and have it. And I, I kid you not. Like five minutes after I had this built go packet, I was ready to rock. I went to the gym and worked out. I mean, I'm Charles Atlas, but I did my thing and um, it made me feel better. I was just glad to get it done. Um, it gave me the motivation I needed. Built go is the way to go. Go check them out. B U I L T G O dot com. Use the promo code locked on and you'll get 20% off your order. And I'm telling you, they taste really good. It's easy to take and you know, crash like a five hour energy or anything like that. Super cool. Fit in your pocket, fit in a briefcase, fit in your lunchbox. If that's what you still carry around for some weird reason. Um, so yeah, fit in a little pocket on your shoe. If you ever had those kangaroo shoes, like I did when I was growing up. Um, so you could all that stuff, get you a built go, and, uh, you know, be ready to rock. Go do your workout. Go do your thing. Have your presentation, whatever it is. BuiltGo.com, promo code locked on. All right, Jimmy, blackjack story time. Tell it. Yeah, it's real depressing. It's sad. Uh, I, sometimes uh, my wife uh, has an office in New Orleans, and we, we have to go over there. And so sometimes during the day, I've got, I'm just, you know, uh, doing my own work from the hotel room. Sometimes I get to walk around and, and do things. And one time I'm like, you know what? I think I'm going to go over to Harris. But I... I don't, you know, that's not something I normally do. I'm not against it. Just, you know, unlike you, I know you're kind of into it. It's just never been a big thing for me. But I thought, ah, I'll go over there with 100 bucks and, you know, play blackjack until I run out of money. So I didn't exactly go over there with high hopes anyway. But uh, so I sit down at the blackjack table. I'm by myself. And, of course, I sit down. There's three or four people next to me. And uh, I get a couple of the free drinks, trying to get some of my 100 bucks back that way. And, uh Gosh, I'm, I'm getting dealt bad hands. Maybe they'd be good hands for a more skilled player, but but to me, it's bad. And I think I drew from the dealer 15, like three times in a row, you know, like, because that to me is like a horrible number. I mean, like, what am I going to do? I mean, you know, I drew like 15 three times in a row. And of course, I don't know anyone at the table and they're all sort of older and no one's sitting around. So everybody's kind of serious with their cigarettes and their drink and they're you know they're they're more serious about this than me i don't care but i, I drew 15 three times in a row and then announced the first person really making noise at the table i announced yeah i'm drawing i'm drawing more 15s here than r kelly <laughs> crickets. crickets i mean crickets and i mean i made a big presentation of the joke i said it like really loud clearly meant to be funny you tap the microphone you know <laughs> i almost could have said attention now i have something that i think is hilarious to say everyone needs to listen to this and then present the line so i i was very emphatic and because i thought in my brain i'm like oh this is gonna kill nothing 
<laughs> not even the dealer. I, the one or two people that looked up at me sort of glared and the dealer didn't, you know, no emotion there either. It was just, it was probably the most fall flat joke uh, really ever. I still, I still, it's still, I wake in the, in the middle of the night remembering that it horrid you. moment. Yeah, yeah, it does. It, it does haunt me. And, and I guess it occurred when I repeated the line back at the hotel to my wife when she got off work thinking, well, at least she'll laugh and I'll get some. She, she didn't laugh and she's like, do you think old people who gamble at blackjack all day long in New Orleans know who the hell R. Kelly is? <laughs> and I'm like, and, and, and know that he reputedly has sex with underage girls? Do you think they knew this? And I'm like, everybody, doesn't everybody know this? And she yeah. She didn't laugh so much as she was incredibly disappointed in her, her <laughs> Again. choice. But also, Again. Jimmy, I'm going to say this. The next time you think you're going to add a home run with a joke, yeah. make sure it's not about pedophilia first. <laughs> but, all right, wait a minute. That's, a good, that's get- a good tip. That is a good tip. It was, it was, it was. Uh, that's a pro tip. Uh, yeah, I had someone in my office just yesterday in a custody case and ends up, uh, uh, unbeknownst to them a long time ago uh, in the custody case, the other guy, the guy was charged with rape. I found it on the, uh, on the system. And I, I'm like, did you know this? And she's like, I didn't know it till after we were together. I mean, for months and months after we were together, I'm like, he didn't seem rapey to you. <laughs> How'd that go? <laughs> she, she laughed. Oh, okay. okay. She laughed. She laughed. She's like, no, he didn't seem rapey at all. I'm like, I'm looking here at his record. He looks a little rapey. Looks a little rapey. You know, that teardrop that he had tattooed under his eye ought to be a big giveaway. Um, okay. No, but yeah, the joke, uh, you're right. You have to be pretty careful. But, but yeah, so that's my one blackjack story. Did I win? I don't even remember. I don't even remember. I assume I lost. No, you lost. Bucks. I, I you lost. I can tell you that. You lost. I lost. Well, that's what uh, I remember. All right, Jimmy, prediction time. Uh, for Florida. And before we get into prediction time, let me tell you this, everybody. Go to betonlineag, betonline.ag, I should say, and check them out. Give them a whirl. If you're betting on the game this weekend, doesn't have to be a guessing, guessing game. You can listen to, the first of all, the new Locked on Bets podcast. It's hosted by your boy Q. That's literally his name. And he hosts the Ra- Locked on Raiders site, too. Great. And handicap expert Lee Sterling get daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. And then you go subscribe to betonline.ag whenever, wherever you get podcasts. I'm telling you, betonline.ag, that's where you want to go. They've got all these promos, all these specials. It's super, super site if you're into online gambling. Okay. Prediction time, Jimmy. Um, you know, what, what are you thinking about this one? I'm worried defensively, of course. I mean, Alabama seems to have turned the corner on defense. Uh, Nick Saban speaking about Pete Golding in glowing terms. He didn't have to do that. He didn't have to go as far as he did the other day, but he did. So Alabama feels like they've turned a corner. We're going to find out this feels like a final exam a little bit because we're not going to play an offense or a passing offense any better than this. If you think about it, Luke, assuming that our primary competition in the playoff would be Notre Dame, Ohio State and Clemson, I'm, I, I don't think any of those three teams throw the ball better than Florida. 
No way. I mean, I think Trevor Lawrence is as good as Kyle Trask and Justin Fields is as good as Kyle Trask. But in terms of Florida's offense, I, I, I think it's the best passing offense we will face uh, for the remainder of this season. So it really feels like a final exam to me about how good is Alabama's defense because Florida's only chance of winning this game is outscoring Alabama. That's Florida's real chance. We, we've got, they've got to run it up. They've got to score almost every time out. Knowing the, the, the one certainty of this game is that Alabama's going to score points. So let's see how Pete Golding and Alabama's defense does. I, I think they're going to do fine. I want to say that Alabama's defense will be the story of the game and they hold Florida to something like 14 points and, and just destroy Florida. I want to say that. I think that is a possibility. I think that could happen because Florida is one-dimensional. They're not balanced. They just throw it. I think more likely it's going to be a happy medium between Alabama being extremely impressive on defense and then Alabama being bad on defense. I, I'm going to pick something right about in the middle and say Florida gets around 24 to 27 points. Keep in mind, that would be a season low for them. They, they, they haven't been held to that all year. I think Alabama does hold them to around 24. Meanwhile, Alabama moves the ball in offense as everyone expects. Florida is not good defensively. That's why Alabama will face tougher teams in the playoff because Ohio State, Clemson, and Notre Dame are all better than Florida on defense. But Alabama's offense really shows out on the national stage. I have Alabama winning this game, Luke, 52 to 24. You're a son of a bitch. That's the exact score I wanted to use. <laughs> See, I'm good at this, not blackjack. You whip me in blackjack, but the scores – Pretty good at the scores all year long this year. That is, that's very good. Yeah, I'm going with the exact same score, 52 uh, to 24. I'm actually going to change it up a little bit, 52 to 28, just to be a thorn in your side. Um, and it's very possible they score four touchdowns. That, that Pitts dude is a freak, man. Sometimes Pitts, the other guy's just better than you. When Pitts gets open and catches a ball and makes a play, don't don't yell at Pete Golding. Don't yell at our players. What you yell is you're like, damn it, how is that guy so good? That's what you yell. You don't. Oh, that's right. He's stupid. Christian Harris letting him open. Yeah, no shit. Who, who who else covers him? I mean, no one in the NFL. If he's healthy next year, they can't cover him either. On so, the lock, on the locked on SEC pod, uh, they had me on the other day, and they said, "Okay, tell me why Florida can win this game." And I said, "Look, I'm going to be honest with you. Alabama fans are notoriously arrogant. I'm going to be arrogant right here. I don't think Florida will win this game. But um, here's the thing." I thought at first, before the uh, rankings came out, that um, Florida can just play balls to the wall and, you know, what, whatever happens, happens, you know, be loosey-goosey because there's no reason to be tense because if you lose, you know, what's the big deal? But if you win, you go to the playoffs. I mean, so um, – at, at, I mean, excuse me, if you and if you win, you just get to be SEC champs, but you're probably still not going to the playoffs. It doesn't matter. So just go out there and do your thing. Um but when they had a shot at the playoffs before the rankings came out, I thought, I assume Florida's going to drop like 10 or something. And I said, okay, they may come out tense knowing they have to win to make the playoffs. And Alabama is like, eh, we can win or lose or whatever. Well, now Florida still has a shot to get in. And I feel like it's almost double motivation for them. They can sort of do it both ways. Somehow, some way, the Gators have a shot at making the playoffs. I don't think that's right. I don't think that's fair. Um, and I don't think they'll win. But um, I think they're going to play pretty well. I just think Alabama is so much better, and this team does seem like it's on a mission 
Um, I'm going to go Alabama 52-28. I'm going to stick with that mother. Yeah, they got good dudes. Kyle Trapp's good player. They're outside threats. Katie Tony, great player. Copeland, you know, he's really good. Grimes, I mean, he's good. They can really throw it and catch it. But one-dimensional, one don't really have to play the run. I think Alabama's going to be a nickel and dime the whole game. That also helps keep Christian Harris off the field. Christian won't have to play quite as many snaps. That, that, and, uh, and when you're in dime – you're, you're, you've usually got, you know, more safeties, you know, that are on on the tight end. Probably gives a better chance to run with Kyle Pitts. Uh, it's going to be a fun game. It's going to be high scoring relative to most games Alabama plays because Florida is going to get some points too. Uh, I'll be fun, and, and we can win another SEC championship. Let's try to remember, folks, before Nick Saban arrived, gracing us with his, his presence, um, winning the SEC was a big deal. Alabama won the SEC in 1992, didn't win it again until 1999, then didn't win it again until 2009. So that's not many SEC titles. That's three in like 20 years. Let's never take an SEC championship for granted. No, I'm right there with you, man. Uh, Jimmy, we're running out of time again, so let's just say uh, roll tide and beat Florida, right? Roll Tide and uh, happy uh, signing day. We are now counting down till signing day 2022. There you go, bud. Roll Tide.